Thinking about moving to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, or just want to know what it's like there? You are in luck. We've got Susanna Kunkel right there in Philly, and I'm in Harrisburg, close to her, uh, so I'm a little bit excited about this episode. Say hi to everybody, Susanna. Hi. A little Philly love for you today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I'm ready to dig into it. And we're going to start with, I didn't warn you, I did not warn you about it, but I've got a list of 350 random questions to ask people. So we're going to start Ooh. off by you picking a number between one and 350 and start with that question. 149. Ah, that's so funny. This is the first time I usually leave the page at number one and then I scroll to whatever. This time I was like, I'm going to go to right in the middle so that I can scroll either direction very efficiently. So I am right at that number. That's so funny. Uh, what's the most ridiculous animal on the planet? Most ridiculous. And I've got an answer for this. My daughter was just, it's one of her favorite animals, but what's your answer? Most ridiculous animal on the planet. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know, the dodo bird, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> they didn't fare so well. They kind of, they, they disappeared. So they must have been weird for some reason. Or they were food to something, they're maybe. They're, they're extinct, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My daughter, she would say the platypus. Because it's just, oh. it is kind of ridiculous, I guess. It's a beaver mixed with like a duck. That's not even the same they're not even yeah, both yeah. mammals. One's a bird, one's a, is it a mammal? I don't even, we had a debate. Yeah. Neither of us knew. Yeah. <laughs> She's eight, so she would not. And the mouths of it's great to hear their perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So I got your bio up here. Um, so you grew up in Nebraska, and I said I would not say Nebraska, and I don't know where I even get that saying it like that, but that's what I want to say every time I say Nebraska. So you grew up in Nebraska, not Philly. Uh, where did you go to high school? You went to high school in Nebraska. You went to college at Nebraska. So is that like Nebraska State? No, I went to a small liberal arts college, Hastings College, that my parents had gone to. I went to Hastings High School to uh, actually, you know, I guess this ties into feeling a little bit uh, because I'm a, I'm a country girl. You know, I grew up in farm country, small towns. Um, actually went to grade school in a town that Larry the Cable Guy's from, Get Her Done. You know, you know the the red the the Jeff Foxworthy friend. You know, Larry the Cable. Yeah, Guy. totally. Yeah, so I, those are my roots. You know, really in the prairie and and on both sides of the family. However, there's sort of a city girl in me that, you know, longs for the cosmopolitan lifestyle. I used to be in this little country town reading like Glamour magazine and fashion magazines. And when I graduated from high school, I got accepted to a fashion institute in New York and that was where I was going to go. Um, but I decided instead to get my liberal arts education. Um, after that, I moved to San Francisco. So I started getting my cosmopolitan, you know, um, side fed by living in San Francisco. Um, so I have the country girl and the city girl. Like my daughter said, mom, when I first moved to Philadelphia, I lived out by um, Kennett Square and it's a lovely area, but it's very suburban. And I didn't really know a lot of people. I felt a little isolated. And she said, mom, you're either all country, like give me the four wheel drive truck and the dogs, you know, and go to the beach, you know, or you're all city. And to some degree she's, I love the suburban life, you know, around Philadelphia and I serve the suburbs, but if I get too, too remote, you know, I get, you know, she's, um, she's right. But I have that country girl in me, you know, I grew up with the, 
helping my friends work the fields so they could get their chores done and we could go play or whatever the case might be. I wasn't a farmer, but all my friends were. So, um, so what would yeah. a, a typical chore be? Are you riding around in a, a tractor, like on footloose or something, or what are, what are, what are we talking well, about? When I was in like seventh grade, yeah, my best friend, I would ride my bike to her place and we would take the, be in the pickup, throwing bales of hay out for the cows or pulling thistles, the really sharp um, weeds out of the pasture, you know, feeding the animals or, or weeding the pasture, whatever the case might be. So, yeah. Glamorous. What's Hastings High School? What are the, what's their mascot? If anybody from Hastings High School is watching, or Jeff Foxworth, or not Jeff Foxworthy, Larry, if he's watching <laughs> some miraculous turn of events, uh, what's, what's the mascot? Tigers. We were the Tigers. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good one. We're the, the high school where my daughter goes right now are the bubblers. So not the most aggressive, intimidating <laughs> mascot. Yeah. yeah people, Although cats, yeah. I think, are the most overused mascots. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, and then you have like the cardinals, um, which, you know, birds have, and the, and the eagles, you know, and birds have what they have to do with football. I'm not sure. <laughs> so what was Hastings College? What was their mascot? not the same. I don't know if they had a mascot, come to think of it. Maybe they did. Um, <laughs> we'll have to check that out and figure it out. Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter all that much. We're not here to talk about Nebraska. Nebraska. We're here to talk about Philadelphia. Um, but you went to college. So you did go to uh, college there at Hastings. You went for art and business, as you touched on a little bit. Uh, your favorite color is lilac, which is, what is that, purple? Yeah, like a light purple. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I like that. It's not blue. Everybody says blue, so I like that it's not blue. If you had to say a fef- a second favorite color, would it? What would that be? You know, <clears throat> amber. I guess maybe. Okay, it's like an orange, like a light orange. Uh, kind of like thing. Yeah, or like amber. You know, would be those would be my two. Well, I have it right here kind of a amber. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I find that lots of people have a favorite color, like mine is red, but I actually, if you were objective about it, most of my clothes, most of the stuff I wear or choose or the color I usually choose for items is black. It's almost all the time black. If it's available in black, it's going to be black. Um, but if you ask for my favorite color, I'm probably writing down red. So I always find it interesting to see what people's favorite colors are. Um, your favorite food is Japanese. Do you like hibachi? Any Japanese? Is there a certain dish? What do you like? Oh, well, and that's why I couldn't just narrow it down to one dish. You know, so I was like, I love, uh, I'm an eclectic person. Like when it comes to music, when it comes to food, it comes to colors even or design. Uh, so I kind of, in fact, you know, I look really square, but I've told, I've made my daughter promise that if they have a funeral for me, that they play Tupac's uh, Keep Your Head Up at the pen. <laughs> and they're like, really? You know, like, you don't look like a Tupac fan, but, you know. <laughs> well, if you like Tupac, your daughter is of an age that would like Tupac. You do have a daughter. She's yeah. one daughter that's 38. Um, so you can listen to Tupac together, can't you? Yeah, exactly. So I'm eclectic with the food too. Japanese, I like miso. I like, you know, hibachi. I like sushi. You know, I I like the, it's just in terms of a genre, that would be my favorite, you know. Do you have a favorite place in Philly? Um, 
there's a little Japanese restaurant on Chestnut between 21st and 22nd. And I used to go to Japan every year. I haven't since COVID. Um, when I go to that restaurant, I forget it's on the south side of the street. I feel like I'm in Japan. You know, it just feels so authentic and the food is good. The, the staff is great. And, you know, you just, that's why I like restaurants where you almost feel like you're traveling. You know, when you go to a restaurant and you have the whole experience of the culture and the food, then, you know, I really enjoy that. It's cheaper than a, a plane ticket too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Chestnut Street, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to that section. But Chestnut is, uh, that's like one of the main roads downtown that has all the restaurants, kind of like the Golden mm -hmm. Miles or whatever. Is yeah, I, it runs parallel to Walnut Street. So this is just a couple blocks from Rittenhouse Square you know, where, and it's walking distance to Amtrak is in that part of the city and center city, you know, where, um, yeah, there's a lot of restaurants. You could take Chestnut all the way down to Broad and then you have the Ritz-Carlton and you have the Urban League, but um, this is, you know, just a little family run, you know, Japanese place. It's great, great ramen, great katsu, whatever you want. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like when I, I took CCIM classes long ago, um, and I had to take them in Philly because they didn't have them in Harrisburg, and I would stay there for the week. Um, and there was some place, I feel like it was on Chestnut, where I always got sushi every time I went there. It was just this tiny little place, and I sat at the bar, um, and I loved their uh, yellowtail with, uh, with like a little piece of jalapeno on it. It was always great. Well, I, think I swear it was on Chestnut, but I could be wrong. That's, you know, that's one of the things I love about Philly. When I moved to, I moved to Philadelphia in 2011 and they, somebody told me it's a city of a thousand neighborhoods. Uh, I think that's so true. Even within, you know, it, like, well, New York, it's, it's kind of like that too, how different neighborhoods are juxtaposed next to each other. You can go one block over and then you're in little Italy or these Philadelphia is similar to that. And, you know, we didn't, you know, I, would li I lived in San Francisco for a very long time after leaving Nebraska. When I came to Philadelphia, it reminded me a lot of um, San Francisco, just a little more conservative. <laughs> but, you know, because it's people oriented, it's human scale, it's like a small town city. So you have the best of sort of cosmopolitan living like New York. But this is why it's a good fit for this country girl from Nebraska, right? Because I have cosmopolitan living yeah, it is small town feel. You run into people you know. The neighborhoods have a real certain vibe, like you live in a certain area. You're going to get to know your neighbors. People do smile and speak to you. You know, the cafes, the different uh, things to do. And, you know, the city, one of the things confusing about Philadelphia, I work with a lot of, you know, New Yorkers who are buying a second or third home sometimes in Philadelphia. So I try to relate it to New York or translate it to New York. And Center City is like our Manhattan, but Philadelphia is so sprawling and literally was developed over time by taking over townships. It's like you have eight boroughs in one city, you know, where New York is divided into different boroughs. It can still be Philadelphia, but you go further north, you know, that it's technically Philadelphia, but it's like a whole nother, um, borough in essence and and then you have the micro communities the micro neighborhoods uh within it so 
a thousand different lifestyles and different options. Um, and yet it is more of a, of a small town city you know, in a sense versus something like New York. Yeah. And so you have a lot of choices of, of places to live and, and communities to choose from. And for somebody that likes both like you, you got the city, you can live in the city and then you got, you can hit up Amish country, right? You could probably see a buggy not far from the city and then the woods and all that kind of mountainous stuff and skiing and all that's pretty close too. Um, but you don't have any pets here, I see, in your your uh, thing. So you're not going for any walks with any dogs or anything. Um, but hopefully you are getting out in nature. Anyway, uh, you do have one daughter that we mentioned that's 38. And I'm assuming, does she like Tupac? Does she like rap? Did she like rap growing up? Yeah, she grew up with uh, 90s rap. So, yeah, that's definitely a part. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, you are married to Daryl. And your hobbies are art, music, and reading. What's the last thing you read, book or magazine or anything that was interesting of note? Um, yeah, I've really just been in business books. Nothing. I haven't uh, I used to read mysteries when I would take flights pretty much, but you know, I've been into business development books and resources, you know. What's your favorite one? Any business development heads out there? Um, I would say Chris Boss is my all-time favorite. It's a great read, never splits a difference. And he was the lead negotiator for the FBI in hostage situations. So he's translated his knowledge into sort of business coaching. However, he's a storyteller. I love storytellers. So you read the book, it's not that thick. And you're from one hostage situation to another. You know, I kind of like crime dramas and action movies. So that kind of fits that part. But he's breaking down negotiation because, you know, as realtors, negotiation is communication. And where things fall apart sometimes you know, is so critical, like how to communicate with people through difficult situations, how to accommodate negotiations in a way that works towards a positive solution. Um, and he's very, very insightful and entertaining. I would highly recommend Chris Voss. Yeah, he's great on podcasts and he's even been on Clubhouse a couple times. And last time, last night, there was a room on negotiating. There was like a small room of a bunch of real estate people that were talking about negotiating. So I'm sure his name came up. Um, I was going to say something about him. I forget. I'll remember maybe. So uh, that's the last thing you've read. Music. What kind of music? You said Tupac. Do you like rap and R&B in general or you just happen to like Tupac? Well, I like I'm more of a 90s rap kind of gal <laughs> so i like um more that uh, hip-hop um 90s rap not necessarily it's not a whole lot i'm not current on the current artists that much um but yeah i'm eclectic i like you know i don't listen to a whole lot of classical but i will on it sometimes you know and i like r b give me a good baseline the 70s and 80s R&B are probably my favorite, you know, background music or will make me want to get up and dance. <laughs> yeah, That's if you've ever heard the, uh, I can't listen to it in good conscience anymore because the artist ruined it for everybody who loved his music, but uh, R. Kelly's Happy People album is yeah. my jam. I still listen to it. I don't care. Yeah. I do care, but I still listen to it because it is, yeah. that whole album is the bomb. And R. Kelly was like my jam, all R. Kelly, all the time. And exactly. now I've been, exactly. been yeah. ruined. <laughs> 
Uh, and the last movie you watched is uh, Hannah on Hulu. What's Hannah? Well, you know, this is like something that, that Daryl and I watch movies together. We always have to find a compromise. And Hannah is a little bit because he's really into sci-fi and um, I'm not so much. So, but I, we both like action films. So Hannah is about uh, a young woman who was... Um, they did some scientific experiments on these children and she has kind of like these superpowers, right? And her dad tried to protect her and raised her in the woods. And then it, it evolves kind of like a crime drama action, you know, especially with the female power, you know, I like female action heroes uh, or sheroes, you know? And so it, it has a little, ele little element of sci-fi, a little element of crime drama, a little element of action. And that kind of is a good, hybrid fit for the two of us <laughs> so you know that's we have to have meet in the middle somewhere when it comes to movie watching <laughs> yeah yeah and now that you explain it it does sound familiar i think there's a series too maybe of yeah. it, but it's yeah, not the same actress the actress in the movie is like that I big it time is a series yeah instead of a movie yeah yeah, that's a good one. Maybe I'll have to watch that. It sounds interesting now that you describe it. I think I've, it looks like something that I would start and maybe stop or, or something, but I'm gonna have to try that again because I like that general kind of thing. And I'm just now realizing I didn't even do my intro. We just started doing things, but I think everybody knows that this is one move there, the show giving everybody the information they need to decide whether or not they want to uh, move somewhere. I'm Derek Bixler, realtor of 15 years here in central Pennsylvania. I'm gonna do this really quick because I don't like doing it at this spot, but whatever. Uh, hit us up in the comments. Comments if you have any questions or if you know us and just want to say hello. If we don't see it while we're going along right now, we will come back and address it later, especially if it's a comment about Philadelphia or a question about it. Uh, reminder that you can check out all the replays on YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, all the video and audio places. It will be there, living there uh, now until forever, probably. And now we'll get back to it. Uh, and we also already talked about the last movie you watched and we'll get into it. I'll bring the map of Philadelphia up. And we can show everybody, because this could be anybody from all over the planet watching this. So I'll zoom out on the Google here, and you can see that Philadelphia is on the eastern side of the United States in Pennsylvania. And it's pretty much as far southwest as you can go in Pennsylvania. It lies on the, what river is that? It's between the Delaware and the Schuylkill River. So I think you're looking at the Delaware River there um, on the eastern border and Schuylkill River on the western border of Center City kind of goes through the city. Um, like Center City, our Manhattan is considered from the Schuylkill to the Delaware from east to west and north to south is really from Girard to Washington Ave. Although that has that has morphed with gentrification, like University City was didn't used to be considered part of Center City, but it really is now. And Northern Liberties, which is really kind of bordering into Fishtown on the is is really part of the core center city community. So those those neighborhoods aren't hard lines. That's the hard thing. Google Maps will define a neighborhood and they overlap, just like some of the townships overlap in the school districts on the main line. Um, within like Bella Vista, Hawthorne, Queen Village, these are little kind of micro communities, and you can't almost exactly say what street is what border and you get on different websites. I know on my website, when people are looking for Rittenhouse, properties come up that aren't really, I would call Rittenhouse, but based on 
you know, the artificial intelligence that we all use, these, they come up or by zip code. So that's where the local knowledge, I'm sure, just like within Harrisburg neighborhoods, knowing the nuances of the neighborhoods, you know, and you talk about landscape, that can be, you know, it is a more um, human-sized city like San Francisco, where you don't have that many skyscrapers like New York. You know, I grew up with horizons being in foreign countries, so I tend to do better when I can see sky. You know, it just is, is and that's what I liked about San Francisco when we lived there, and that's what I liked about Philadelphia also. There are some high rises, and you know, when I work with buyers who want that high rise experience with city views, there are only a few places that can provide that. And, you know, there are, you know, various course, different price points. And, you know, the lifestyle within, for like, for instance, within Rittenhouse, you get everything from a from a historic brownstone to a, a luxury condo with skyline views and single family homes to condos. And then, you know, this is art museum, Rocky. And the nice thing about that neighborhood, you're right bordering um, the park, you know, Fairmount Park. So there's a bicycle walking trail. I know you're real active, Derek, that goes right along Sukkul River, uh, various different neighborhoods like Graduate Hospital. You can get on the Sukkul River Trail, bike all the way to Art Museum, keep going down Fairmont Park, get out to Valley Forge. In fact, it's like a 30 mile long trail. So depending on, like I'm working with a buyer right now, she, she's, she likes to hike, you know, she's retiring, moving to Philadelphia with her dog and needs parking. So so we're looking at Roxbury, Maniac, you know, area just outside of Philadelphia to be close to Center City. So depending on a person's lifestyle, you know, and this is always when I'm working or meeting a new buyer, a new client, trying to find that fit because the landscape is is as different as the different neighborhoods. You know, like what what's important? You know, wanting to be able to walk out and get to a bagel shop or you know, what what matters when you step outside your door? What what I've learned, you know, I think post-COVID too, our concept of amenities has changed. Amenities includes whether you have a yard or whether you have, you know, it's walkable or biking or activity, you know, what kind of outdoor space is nearby. It's the amenities of a lifestyle, not only just like the amenities of the house or the condo complex, what does the lifestyle provide and what is that going to be like, which, you know, can, can be very, very personal. There's no wrong answer. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you, if you're a person that wants lots of trees and parking lots, or if you're a person that doesn't want any of that or doesn't care about any of that. But, um, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I guess I'm kind of close to you, so I know what it's like there in general, the trees. I always have to ask, um, and we're kind of in the Northeast, so it's somewhat obvious, but what kind of, what do they see when they see trees and things? Is it like palm trees and desert, like San Fran or San Diego? Not San Fran, but San Diego is kind of desolate, I feel like, or Florida, it's kind of, I feel desolate. It's not lush like we have up here. So is it lush when you get outside of the city and get into where the woods and stuff is? Is it oak trees and pine trees and that kind of stuff? Well, it is. And I think Pennsylvania is one of the most beautiful states, especially in September, October. You know, like we talked about, you know, earlier, you know, you drive outside of the city, you can get to country very, very quickly. And the foliage is amazing. And you'll see that in the parks. But as the trees turn color, 
is just amazing driving through Pennsylvania, something, go up to the Poconos, take a drive, a day trip, you know, out to, you know, Lancaster County, you know, the Amish country. It, 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 it's a whole nother world. You know, you're, you have the urban cosmopolitan experience within Philadelphia. However, you're not a far drive into hiking, camping, you know, um, and they're just beautiful. I'm glad you brought it because the trees are just gorgeous. They aren't tropical. You know, I've lived with palm trees. It's not that kind of beauty, but it's extremely beautiful. And even just, like I say, going down the bike trail along the river, there's just some gorgeous views along the river, you know, from the city out to Valley Forge, which is, you know, a complete park. Yeah. Yeah, I love it how it is up here. I, I think it's more beautiful. And I'll, I'll say it. I don't like the tropicals. I don't like it's too hot. It's hot all the time and it's too hot and there's nothing to escape the hotness, especially if you're a walker or a hiker. There's nowhere to do it where the sun's not beating down on you all the freaking time. And in San, San Diego, I went hiking there and you can see because there are there's nothing tall around. Um, you can see like 20 miles ahead where you're going. So it's it's torture because there's nothing to look at, first of all, and you can see the winding trail ahead of you here. It's kind of it's all blocked off. You can't see it. It's that that thing that it looks like it's close and then it's not at all. Um, so I like how it is up here in the northeast. And you kind of touched on the fall. So we have four seasons here. Um, you like the fall the most? I say spring and fall are my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. right now is kind of cool. When you get yeah. older, or at least for me, I, at getting older, I'm paying attention to it now and how the seasons change and what happens every time the seasons change. Do you have uh, the green pollen right now? This is recording in spring of 2022 for those that I'm might sorry, be watching it. Right? The oak pollen? We yeah. have, it's right around now. It's, you should, I would think you have oak trees. I, I'm not very pollen sensitive, but a lot of people I know are having, you know, those hay fever. Yeah. It I just guess. in the last week, all the oak trees, I think it's, I keep yeah. hearing people say it was oak trees. I didn't know that's what it was, but people yeah. keep saying oak trees on clubhouse actually. So I think it's the oak trees that have just like bloomed. And when they do, everything gets covered in green, uh, Pollen, pretty much. Oh, yeah, including the beautiful little side streets in Philadelphia, you know, neighborhoods like Graduate Hospital, which is just south of Rittenhouse and Rittenhouse Square, is quaint little side streets, you know, with the historic homes. And then they'll have, I don't know what kind of trees there, but they blossom and the, and then the, you, you just the whole block smells like the blossoms and they start, of course, falling. And then everybody has to sweep them up. But, you know, just gorgeous, the architecture. So much history, as you know, Philadelphia was the first capital of the United States before Washington, D.C. And the character in the side streets, I love the architecture and the diversity of the architecture. Yes, it's not like, um, not to pick on New Jersey, but you know, like suburban communities where everything's built out at the same time and you have one box store after another and you have one subdivision after another and, and you really don't know where you are. If someone dropped you out of a helicopter, you, where Philadelphia is so unique. And even the sub suburban communities are like that too. The townships have such rich history. You know, there's a character and there's charm and there's a uniqueness to the architecture um, that I, is, is fascinating to me. It's, it's never boring, mm -hmm. you know. 
Yeah, there's a ton of stuff to see there. And it's right now, what is this? April, um, and it's 55 degrees by the Googles there. So it's about 55, 60, about the same as here. Um, so we do get the four seasons. It's about to be nice here. Um, so that's good. It looks like you're sunny today. You're in the Eastern time zone. I am not reading the Google. I used to read this Google blurb that they pull from Wikipedia about the place, but it's stupid, so I don't do that anymore. Um, let's talk about the commute. So I'll bring the map back up. Are people, most people working in the city and commuting from the suburbs or do people live in the city? What's the commute like? Is it, it is a big city. It's a huge city. It's like the fifth largest or something, right? So is it LA traffic, New York traffic? Is it like that? Well, since COVID, it's been like a complete mix, like a lot of cities, right? You know, the, what that has all changed. There's a lot of, there are people actually moving to Philadelphia who are working from home based in New York, you know? So we have a very complex um, mix of commute situations. People, How long is that drive? Part-time um, residents, meaning like even if their office is in Philadelphia, they're only... Yeah, work with a lot of buyers who are buying their second or third home. They want to have a condo in Philadelphia for when they're working in Philadelphia, but they're not living there full time. You know, it, the traditional kind of model of work, at, like most cities in the United States right now, was kind of blown apart by COVID. So people moved from the city to the suburbs so when they could work from home. And also you have people from suburbs that actually seeing some migration back to have more of a cosmopolitan lifestyle. People that fled the cities in the beginning of COVID, you have some migration back, maybe not selling their home, but getting a PA tear or something to have that cosmopolitan lifestyle, but not all the time. So the commute situation, if you're driving from the suburbs, 76 can be a nightmare. Um, like most- here's a, here's a good question. This is how I'm going to start asking it from the, <laughs> for the rest of the time, I think, um, or I need to change the question. So if you were picking the best place to live outside of the city and get kind of a suburb feel, but you work in the city, where would be the best place to buy a house, if that makes sense, with the commute and the best commute into the city from a house out in the suburbs? Where would that be? I would say those would be areas like Wynwood, Ardmore. Wayne that have easy train commute connections and also a fairly short drive, you know, the suburban communities. And then you mentioned New York. How far is that? Or New how York long? is about an hour and a half from Philadelphia. And there's a direct Amtrak connection. So quite a few people I work with are either, you know, connecting to Amtrak to commute to New York when they have to be in the office. You know, that Amtrak connection is critical for an easy commute to New York or to D.C. for that matter. About the same. Yeah. And to the beach in all kinds of places, which is mm -hmm. why New Jersey is the vacation capital of the world, I heard recently, which is yeah. because all these major cities with huge populations are so close to it. So it gets frequented the most, I guess. Uh, so we talked about the commute a little bit. What about the major industries and employers? Obviously, there are a ton. Um, one that comes to my mind is Comcast. That's a big uh, major yeah. uh, player in the country now, I guess they're buying up all kinds of stuff. Um, what are the other major employers and industries in Philadelphia? Well, it categorizes med tech ed, you know, the hospitals, the technology and the education, the universities, 
and they're tied together of course you know the medical schools you know the the um law law schools you know upenn's law school temple law school so the the universities the medical and the technical you know there's a lot of um there's a, a facility on Market Street, you know, that's focused on nanobots. You know, there's, you know, everything from you want to get sci-fi, right, to you know, medical specialists. Like we have doctors who relocate here, people coming for their residency. You know, growing much, very strong tech sector, both through the institutions like Comcast and the universities, as well as. In Old City on North Third Street, you'll see the signs. Actually, they have the three reversed, and they call it Nerd Street. It's it's our tech center in Old in Old City. More of the startups, independent, um, you know, gaming institutions and so on. So you have the within the universities, within Comcast, which is also in their new tower, nurturing technology startups, and and then you have Nerd Street in Old City as well, which. Well, city has a little bit of a Soho feel, you know, with the more industrial buildings, converted factories, uh, and that type of environment. But yeah, it's actually officially named Nerd Street. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Some other city could do Geek Street or something. Yeah. I'm sure somebody did. I love that. And then what about ports? I feel like there are ports in Philadelphia. Is that in my wrong? Is. There is. And the neighborhood Port Richmond, which is a, you know, used to be a really kind of a rundown neighborhood is, has been on the upswing, you know, a lot of uh, gentrification going on investment and some development in Port Richmond, some institutional buyers are buying up properties there. Um, so Port Richmond, which borders uh, Fishtown, you know, Fishtown, I, I saw that coming because Fishtown it went from Northern Liberties to, to Fishtown to Port Richmond in terms of sort of a gentrification flow. However, as an act, it is an active port and, um, you know, there's a lot of institutional money coming in, buying up, you know, warehouses and and developments. So I think there's a, um, some amazing things to, that we'll see in Port Richmond over the next five years. Can you go down to Fishtown and see some people throwing fish around in a market or something? Well, you'll see you a can lot. somewhere, of, obviously. You'll, you'll see a quaint kind of iconic fish and a lot of, it's a very artsy, um, uh, community it used to be you know more working class and residential there weren't a lot of industrial buildings or vacant lots so a lot of um you know it started out being artists and musicians you know that moved into fishtown and then it's become a little more gentrified uh, but a lot of quirky artistic um iconic kind of you, you can't really compare it to any other neighborhood but it has its own definite flavor it's close to the market frankfurt line on terms of our the regional rail and the um the train into center city so you can commute up to or i've had uh students looking at temple university it's fairly easy to get to temple and then 95 that part of the city that's close to the delaware river is easy to get on to 95 which is a direct connection to new york yeah. yeah, tons of stuff there. You mentioned medical, med tech ed is what you called it. That's medical technology Technical. education. And you mentioned right. colleges, obviously a ton of, I mean, just look up Philadelphia 
universities and colleges. There's a billion of them there. Um, a billion, a lot in Pennsylvania uh, in general. Um, you got the ports, obviously, you have medical facilities like everywhere else, hospitals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what about shopping and tourism? Well, you know, tourism was hurt during COVID, but it's been alive and well and recovered. You know, there's there are a lot of, um, uh, you know, coming in to see the history in Old City, as well as tours of the city and shopping. Uh, Rittenhouse Square is for shopping, dining, you know, walkable places. Of course, you can go to your favorite malls, but people love to go to the, the little shops, right? Or... Um, Where's the area where is that Chestnut Street where there's an area it's like the shopping district with the restaurants and then also they have like Gucci and all the big stores. Exactly, That's Rittenhouse Square and then bordering exactly over to Chestnut Street. There's shops along Chestnut Street, you know, and it's all very, very walkable with restaurants, you know, that kind of experience. In the evenings and weekends, you'll see a lot of people date night, right? People out for on their dates, you know, walking to restaurants, taking a look at, at, at shopping. If there was one thing that everybody visiting Philadelphia would have to do, what do you think it would be? I have one in mind that I feel like everybody's going to do that they have to have a picture doing it um, you know. for their Instagram. <laughs> what, what would you say that is? I'd say it's the Rocky statue, probably. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're running up. It's a, a, above. What What's the place? Where is it? Why? I don't it's know where it is. I mean, I mean years ago, it used to be at the top of the stairs. Like I visited um, Philadelphia. Um, I don't know when, when it was, you know, like the um, um, in the early 80s, maybe. And I think Rocky was at the top of the uh, art museum stairs and he actually had to run up. the. You know, you could do that run up the, the place stairs. where they filmed it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They moved it, Rocky, from the top of the stairs. He has his own little place on the grass with a little fence around it now. <laughs> I don't know if oh, there was... Oh, because too many people there. were coming and then there they... There had to be a story behind that, I'm sure. However, you can still run the stairs, but Rocky is over on the side. <laughs> that is... Kind of sad. Somebody messed it up. It's like all the nice rock climbing places when they get too popular, people start spray painting it. You're like, oh, now it's too popular. Now we got to do something about the nuisance. They should put up a fake, a less important statue, a replica, so people can still do it at the top of the steps. Because you have to run up the steps and then take the picture with the thing. I didn't know they moved it. Wow. (laughs) So what other history? Uh, Is Ben Franklin, was he? I feel like there's a Ben Franklin house or something. There's Beverly House, Ben Franklin House, you know, um, there's the Liberty Bell, there's the original place where they had the first Congress, you know, there's all kinds of historic sites that you can visit. Museums? Um, yeah, and museums, the Revolutionary Museum is fairly new, they opened, I think, in 2016. Um, and that neighborhood, you have cobblestone streets and cafes, uh, the horse-drawn carriages, it's very quaint you know, to be, uh, walk around and explore history, enjoy uh, treats that are from today. (laughs) Uh, The foundation of Ben Franklin's house is there, Um, you know, all kinds of of little charm. That's where it's fun to take a little tour because you get people um, showing you the highlights of the history of Philadelphia. And then obviously sports is a huge thing for Philly. And I mean, it's, it's a serious thing. We notorious for fans. So tell us a little bit about sports and the sports culture in Philadelphia, uh, what teams you have, all that stuff. 
Well, of course, we have the Eagles. Everybody loves the Eagles and the Flyers. And, um, you know, I I was my first year living here, I ended up on the subway going south. I didn't realize the game day that the whole subway turned into a, to like a tailgate. Right? <laughs> it's like oh, subway was a tailgate party. <laughs> so, Philly really comes strong you know, when it comes to sports. So. Well, there's a, a movie about the Flyers, isn't there? I think there's some movie about a documentary about how terrible, like everybody hates playing in Philly for the, at the Flyers wherever they play. What was Our, it? Do you know what that place is? Philly fans have a certain reputation, but there's a lot of passion behind the love of the of sports, and you know a lot of roots. You know, people from Philadelphia, like you, you've got generations. When I lived in San Francisco, most people weren't, born, it was rare to meet someone born and raised in San Francisco. You know, this was before it was gentrified back in the eighties and nineties. And in, you know, a lot of people move there and move away, move there, move away, that kind of thing. In Philadelphia, I was surprised I moved here. Most people I meet are really from here or they're like, oh no, I'm not from Philly, I'm from Allentown or, you know, Harrisburg or something, not far from Philly, just outside of Philly or they moved away for college and they came back when they started having kids, the family orientation, the neighbor roots are really deep, you know, and people care a lot about their community, about their family, about the neighborhood. And, you know, I, I found that really attractive. You know, there's a lot of you know, the Philly love, you know, brotherly love. There's a lot of love of Philly. And so you see that passion with the sports. Is that team. still the, the city saying the city of brotherly love? It is. We have love park. You know, it's been around, you know, love parks. So um, we have good reputation, bad reputation, like any city. You know, news always looks loves a bad story. But do, I do find that there is, you know, there's a lot of pride in neighborhoods. Like if you're from South Philly, you're proud of being from South Philly. If you're from a certain neighborhood, there's a lot of pride in the neighborhood. And um Pride in, uh, one of my questions here is about the food. There's a lot of pride in a Philly cheesesteak, right? Cheese how do you, steak. where's the place That's to go nice. and how's it supposed to be made to be a proper Philly cheesesteak? Well, I'm not gonna favor one or the uh, over the other. Everybody has their personal favorite, but you go down to the Italian market. And you you don't wanna these. start, we gotta get people commenting and say, say well, whatever you, you think start. everybody's gonna disagree with. Say that one. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't know. I can speak, but I usually go to Gino's when I'm going to get a cheesesteak, you know, and that's, that's where I'll, I'll go and, and sit on the sidewalk or take it to go. And the Italian market's right there. So you can walk and get a cannoli and, you know, coffee, whatever. It's a, it's a lovely experience. And uh, what's on a, it's on a regular Kaiser bun or whatever. It's on a regular bun, right? Is it cheese whiz? I feel like a Philly cheesesteak always has cheese whiz. Yeah. I feel like it's really particular. Yeah. Gino's, you said. That's one yeah. of the main places. There are other places, yeah. but that's one of the there's good places. And there's Gino's, and then there are other places that are other favorites along South Street that aren't as well known. Um, but the best thing is to just make it an adventure and, and do your own taste test. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I would do if I was villain. I might do that myself anyway. Um, go there and just eat cheesesteaks the entire time yeah. you're there and review cheesesteaks at different places. Mm. Yeah. And it's an but excuse to eat cheesesteaks for three days straight. You can't be in the neighborhood and not go get a fresh cannoli, though. <laughs> yeah. 
And that does sound Bethel, good too. What's the Italian know. market? Where is that and what is that? That is near Ninth Street. Yeah. So it there it you can go down Ninth Street, bordering, you know, runs across uh, Washington Ave over into South Philly. And you'll you can't miss it. You can get fresh fish and vegetables and and you know, restaurants, uh, authentic Italian restaurants, of course. And you really have that um unique flavor and honestly like not far from there is almost like little saigon you can get fresh um you know asian markets with fresh food and fish and flavors so that part's a lot like new york where you have a little neighborhoods and you can go from just a few blocks and get a completely different cuisine and different shops and, and groceries and then what about uh, like concerts and stuff like that? Obviously, you have all the sports teams and plenty of stadiums and places to hold big things. But if somebody, let's say a Tupac in his day when he's packing stadiums, if Tupac came to Philly, where would he be playing? Well, at the at the stadium, you know, so 76ers where the 76ers play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But our arts center along Broad Street, you know, theater has come back, you know, was shut down for COVID. So we have the the um, the Kimmel Center and you know string of our our own little mini Broadway type of um, theater along Broad Street Avenue of the Arts is really what it's called. Broad Street is 14th Street, you know it goes 13th Broad and then 14 and then 15th. So you know Broad Street is is wonderful. You know from ballet to to Broadway performances to orchestra with very you know robust, well-respected orchestra. It was so cute, so Philly during the COVID shutdown, some of the neighborhoods they had, the orchestra members who lived in the neighborhood got together on a on a dead-end street and would have performances for free. You know, when we had our shutdown a couple years ago and everything was closed, you know, so that that's very Philadelphia. You know, they would just do a pop-up free concert and keep playing. <laughs> yeah. And everybody gets to get out of those four walls and out in the fresh air yeah. and do something. And I know, I mean, playing instruments, especially like trumpets and all those, and any any instrument that has a spit valve on it is probably bad to play indoors with other people around during a, uh, a pandemic. So outside sounds like a perfect place to do that. It'd be awesome and have a block party and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then what about, so you have, I mean, obviously we said it's one of the biggest cities in the country and there's pretty much anything you could think of to do there and probably a bunch of different choices of all those things to do there. What if you want to get out of Dodge? What if you want to get out of Philly and go somewhere else? Uh, uh, let's start with if you want to go far. Where's the airport? Is there a Philadelphia airport? Oh, sure. It's the international airport. It, it's about um, maybe twenty minute drive. You know, with about a forty five dollar cab ride, if I remember. <laughs> and so you can connect anywhere. I've flown out of Philadelphia directly. You know, I can connect with international flights or uh, wherever you need to go. So it, it's it's a great connection. You know, like I said, between the Amtrak station for train and the international airport. You can connect anywhere very easily, and you can actually take the regional rail to the to the airport if you wanted to. You know, so um, and that goes directly like from University City, or you can connect to it through the regional rail. The regional rail also connects very seamlessly to all the suburban 
you know, the you know, main line is based on main line of the railroad, you know, so the railroad connectivity to the suburbs is part of Philadelphia's history and, um, and it still functions with the regional rail. Um, it's very easy. And of course, then yeah, you can- super connected, uh, close proximity to lots of places, kind of like Central right. PA. And actually, you could take that main line to Harrisburg, I guess, probably, right? Um, and we could take, because I've definitely taken Amtrak to Philly before. Um, so it's super in good proximity to lots of things. So I think that's why a lot of people tend to come back here or stay here. Um, it's because it's so close to a lot of things, but you don't have to necessarily live in those places. Philly, I guess, if you're living in Philly, you are living in one of those giant places. We call Philly one of our amenities to go to if you want to go places yeah. you can go visit philly so it, it itself is an amenity um but what would you say is the you're close to all these places i mentioned that jersey is the vacation capital of the world what would be the go-to driving vacation well a lot of philadelphia residents you know historically go to have a second home in the shore and new jersey the jersey shore, shore to be here yes. everybody has their favorite place However, in the summer, they're not all like the TV show. Most of them are no, not. They're not frankly. all like the TV show. No, and it's interesting because living in Philadelphia in the summertime is almost it empties out. Center City kind of like empties out. It's easier to park, you know, because people are at the shore. They're at the shore on the weekends, or they take a whole month. And especially with being able to work remotely, even more so. Like that's where. Um, people misunderstood what happened during COVID in 2020 in Rittenhouse, for instance, it seemed like it emptied out. It didn't mean people moved away permanently. They just went to their other homes, like their Florida home or their Jersey home. So many Philadelphia residents have a second home on the Jersey shore one way or another. And that's probably the primary destination. Although the Poconos are also very attractive for a vacation destination. And, you know, I also have clients who have their Poconos home and they love to go up there for the weekend for a week away or, you know, just work. So that that's a, a different kind of getaway. Um, and I I'm glad that you touched on that because that's my kind of getaway. So you can get yeah. to how far would you say Jersey Shore? How far to like Wildwood? How how long would that be? A couple an hour. Hour At two, least. Wildwood is probably closer to two hours, actually. Yeah. That's kind of south. Cape May would be about as south Cape as you could go there. Cape May a little bit farther south. Um, Atlantic City is almost maybe an hour from Philly going to Atlantic City directly. But then so you, you could just go, if you lived in Philly, you could go to the beach for the day. If you wanted to go to the beach exactly. today, you could just exactly. go to the beach today and come back. Exactly. And then yeah. the Poconos, how far is, what's that, a couple hours, you think? It would yeah, be a couple I'll hours, at least far. for us, I think, yeah. three hours. You know, um, not it's not prohibitive, and it just yeah, yeah, the beautiful. Then you get to, oh, you can tell us about the Poconos. It's all the beautiful outdoors things. Yeah, do. it was the place to be in the '80s, is what I always remember about going to the Poconos. Every time I go there and I stay at one of these hotels or the resorts, I think there's a couple of newer ones, uh, but I've stayed in a couple that I think they were in the heyday of when all these places were built. It was the best, but it hasn't changed since. And there was still a rotary phone as of like a couple of years ago. So it was oh, like okay. this '80s time capsule there um, in its heyday. And I think it's getting more popular again in the Poconos. But um, yeah, so that's the outdoors 
stuff for anybody that doesn't know the Poconos. You got skiing up there. You got outdoor stuff. So there are casinos, I believe now. There are indoor water uh, parks up there. And I think there's racing too. The Pocono Speedway is like a big yeah, thing. So I don't know anything park, about it. but Like the water park is outdoor too, I think. And lakes and fishing and creeks yeah. and all the kinds of stuff you could ever want. And then if you keep going north, you eventually get into New York and all that kind of stuff. Um, anything else you want to note about things to do or anything we didn't cover about that kind of stuff? I think you know whatever you're whatever you're into, you know you'll find it to some degree in Philadelphia, and you'll find your community and your people people of like mind. Um, it's it's a very interesting mix of history, tradition, and cutting edge um, cosmopolitan living. I'd say. There's a lot of famous people. This is, we'll move on to what stuff costs there in a second. But um, I just thought of this. There's a lot of famous people that, that come from Philly. Uh, do you have a fam uh, favorite famous person that comes from Philly? Mine just recently changed. Uh, I won't get on that topic because we don't need to talk about it. But uh, tell me who your favorite Philly famous person is. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think the ones that are, are um, I guess, talk about rap would be Meek Mills is probably one of the, the top musicians. Um, um, what's his name? The one, the Oscar. Um, he's the drummer. Q. The Roots oh, guys are the from Roots Philly. Guys, yes, exactly. The Roots are from Philly. Um, of course, we all know Will Smith is from Philly. You know, um, and the Roots would be my my uh, kind of dream concert to go to because I don't I like rap and it's my favorite music, rap and R and B. But the concerts are kind of dumb sometimes because it's. There just isn't a hype man. You're just running around screaming, and it's not—it's not like a band or or that kind of thing. Um, so the roots would be the best of both worlds, especially if you could see them in a small theater in Philly or something where you're kind of close and it's intimate. That would be super awesome. And it's Teddy Pendergrass, flashing back to old school, and Patti LaBelle, you know, from Philly, um, on some level. So, you know. We've got some deep yeah. roots. And there's probably a big uh, music scene there now, too, I'm sure. I don't know anything about it, but I'm I sure there's a big, huge music scene there still. I'm not the best source for the current. <laughs> oh, I'm a little too old school, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's all kinds of producers and everything. Uh, so let's talk about what people could get for the money. Um, here, you starter house, you could get into something... Ugh. Used to say 200, let's say 250 now, something half decent, three bedroom, one and a half, maybe two and a half bath. That might be a ranch with a garage. So let's talk about like city proper. If you're buying in the city, what are you starting at? And let's let's talk about, and this can vary a lot. You can speak on it a little bit. So not like Kensington area, um, right. which is probably like the worst area maybe, or probably the place to buy right now actually. But um, tell us a little bit about the pricing, whatever you want to tell us after my dumb ramble. Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, the affordability in Philly has changed dramatically. It used to be the average price point because it factors in when you do statistics, all of the outlying areas. It used to be around 250 is at least 350 to four now you know in terms of average price you do have some depressed you know areas that have is, is a completely different model like north philly you know where there's um so we're looking in more a center city you've unfortunately you really there's not much under four hundred thousand. You know, it's like some of the neighborhoods where you used to be able to buy maybe in the low threes, like a row home, 
you'd have to factor about, I'd say at least 350, you know, for which would be an older brick row home that might need some renovation. And, you know, then there's a wide variety. Like I'm working with buyers, they're looking at, you know, like a condo for two, even the condos, like the one bedroom condos in Rittenhouse Square. I was working with buyers prior to year end where there were some available in the 250 range. Those are gone. Now they're in the threes. You know, the prices have been going up. So, you know, there are some pockets of affordability. There's some sweet spots. There are some areas in each category, like more in the luxury category. Some of the developments are a little um, softer because of the fact that there aren't office workers. Like Midtown has suffered because of COVID. You know, I think Rittenhouse Square is iconic and it's also very residential as well as shops and but there are areas, and this is the same thing all the urban areas are going through, those areas that have been primarily like condos and office buildings are have suffered more because of the fact that you don't have that diversity. You just had office workers and condos. And so when the office workers are gone, then there's a sense of vacancy and then the condos are kind of awkward. People feel a little awkward and uncomfortable and unsure about the future. So there's some, what I say, like my number one pick right now is a great buy if it fits is there's a gorgeous two bedroom luxury condo at two Liberty for 675 on the, I think it's the 46th floor. So you have these tremendous views. You see Billy Penn on top of city hall, you know, all these was really a luxury lifestyle for Billy Penn is what you just called him. Billy Penn. <laughs> I know what you're talking William no. Penn, what the namesake of Pennsylvania, but I've never heard anybody say Billy Penn. So that's, is that what a thing that you guys say there? Or is that just what you do? I don't know. <laughs> I love it. So, you so know, what about, I mean, that doesn't seem that crazy. It's, it's more than here, obviously, but it's Philadelphia, one of the biggest cities in the United States. So you're getting into something with a couple bedrooms, at least for like uh four, six, what'd you say? Six, 700. Um, but you could do it at one bedroom for a few hundred, except those condos are also going to have a pretty hefty HOA fee tacked onto it, I'm guessing. Well, so yeah. maybe you're better off buying one of those brick row homes. It's all about what's, it's a matchmaking, you know, you know, as realtors, we're matchmakers. So it depends on people's lifestyle, depends on their tolerance for do-it-yourself repairs or having to be managed, you know, roof repairs, whatever it might be called with the single family home. It depends on their, do they want a doorman? Do they care about security? You know, they want a single family lifestyle. It's, you know, when we're matching people, working as a realtor is such an honor and privilege to be able to assist someone to make their dreams come true. So, you know, there, there's no one answer because it matters what is best for finances as well as lifestyle. You know, for some people, the HOA fee, you're absolutely right. It can make the monthly too high to where it doesn't make sense. And for other people that totally makes sense because they travel a lot, or they're not here all the time, or just the ease of not being responsible for anything except what's inside your walls, you know. Um, so we're here to, you know, match make and look at opportunities. And sometimes you, when I work with clients, it's like a, talking about food. A lot of times we're looking at a sampler platter. We'll start off looking at, well, here, just like you're saying now, like here's a condo, here's a single family home, here's this neighborhood. Let's take a look and see what 
resonates, what fits for you. And then we can go deeper into those opportunities. What about the luxury market? What would you explore? Obviously there's going to be different options. Would the options be if money's not really an object, millions of dollars, penthouse, row home, really nice, big row home, or does a single family also exist downtown? You mentioned old city or old something. Are there any single family kind of those old, where the old millionaires used to live back in the day? Yeah, yeah those brownstone mansions. Delancey Street is like the premier brownstone mansion and you could anywhere from four to six million, you know, the sort of historic, you think about New York brownstones, you know, gorgeous, classic, historic, you know, mansion in essence. Yes, there's there's that, and that's part of Rittenhouse. It's just a few blocks south of Rittenhouse Square. You know, these gorgeous streets is, is probably like the Rodeo Drive in terms of where you, the premier block, like 21st and Delancey. A cool block to drive down if you if Well, I you mean, in terms there. of if you want a iconic, um luxury address you know that would be that kind of you know like you've really arrived you're living on this street um and on the other hand you know you have like 1706 written house which is a high-rise luxury condos people spend between five and six million but you have the entire floor and you have you know more of the high-rising automated garage um you know there's everything that you could want in that lifestyle um, from luxury condos. The Laurel is selling well. Uh, pre-construction near Rittenhouse is a high-rise luxury condo. In fact, two weeks ago, a uh, three-bedroom unit went under contract for $3.8 million. There have been some penthouses sold pre-construction for 6 to $8 million, I believe, there, and even more. And then we have 500 Walnut Street, which is near Washington Square more in the center of center city, not, but not, you know, between the two rivers is Washington square. And those are multi-million, you know, for like a full floor luxury condo experience. So you have both and you have custom built new construction townhomes that have elevators and there. I was going to ask that. So if you wanted, it's all old and most stuff is built out. There's no extra land until you go way out of Philly. Right. So if somebody wants something new, it's either one of those high rise buildings or there are townhouses as well. Well, yeah, builders have taken, um, there's a development along uh, Lombard where they took a parking lot and tore it down and built townhomes. And those are selling between 2.7 and and 2.9 or other developments has been premier when people can find the lot or find an old building or tear it down. Um, You know, have clients who bought at the Estates on Third, it was the old Salvation Army building, and they tore it down and divided it in, made a, a cluster of four townhomes, all custom built from the ground up. Uh, so you, you know, you can either renovate an older home, you know, have the best of historic, and there are quite a few of those types of luxury homes where you have the historic architecture, but the interior has been renovated and modernized, or luxury new construction which, you know, like I want to say 2 million is our, you know, the 1 million is now a 2 million, you know, they typically offer what what used to be available for like 1.4, 1.5. Now they're going above two, you know, so those luxury new construction townhomes are, are available. And then they're, you're right, land is limited, but they, those are an option for, again, for lifestyle, you know, would you rather have 
you know, four floors, a roof deck and an elevator? Or would you prefer to, you know, have it all one floor, have a doorman, have a gym, have the on-site amenities of condo living? You know, it's, it's personal it's choice. Personal choice. Exactly. Yeah. What about what if somebody's moving from like here where we like our nice suburban life, our little quarter acre lot in a suburban neighborhood, I can drive to a mall. We usually drive everywhere and park there. So let's say somebody's moving from somewhere like this to work at Comcast and they want a brand new four bed, two and a half bath, three car garage, you know, the typical kind of mid range second home or third home of a family. How far out of Philly would they have to go to build a new kind of, four bed house um, in a kind of suburban setting? Well, I, I'm not sure where they'd be able to build, but for instance, Toll Brothers has some developments in media, which would probably give that lifestyle. And they're in the 500,000s to 600. And how far would that be? Uh, you know, there's a train connection going directly in. So that would be half hour, 45 minute train ride half an hour. It's not that far of a drive if you're not caught in traffic, but there are various different suburban locations and they're just, there are only two developments that are um, gated sort of communities in Philadelphia that could offer. One is um, Naval Square and the other is Waterfront Square along the Delaware, Delaware River. They're both condos and essentially, but there's, there's a gated entry and there's somebody there and you have more of that suburban security and lifestyle, but it's a development. It's not the individual home or, you know, going out to Maniac and Roxborough, you know, like the lady I was telling you about, I'm helping. We're looking, we're focused on Roxborough because in upper Roxborough, you're up on a hill and there are homes that maybe are twins, maybe it's attached, but you have a garage and you have a little yard. And that is in the more in the price range that would be comparable to Harrisburg. You know, looking at the around four hundred thousand, um, the mid threes to mid fours, you can have a little bit of that suburban lifestyle, where you can drive in, have a garage, have a yard. It may not be fully detached, but just like uh, semi. You know, it's the two. There are a lot of lot of um, homes in that area where it's twins. You know, there there's just the two. It's like duplex. We call them twins, but it's other places. They call it like a duplex. It's separate ownership, you know, the one side from the other with the shared wall. Um, so that that really offers that flavor. And there's a lot of parks and recreation around there for somebody like like this lady I'm thinking of as a classic point. You know, she, she loves to bike and walk. She's moving from Oregon where she has a very outdoorsy lifestyle. So, you know, she doesn't want to be urban, but she doesn't want to be too far away from transportation. Just to your point, her daughter's in New York. She wants to be able to get on the train and go to New York. So there are places like Maniac and Roxborough that are a good compromise because you really have suburban living, but you're really like, it's part of Philadelphia or Wynwood, you know, um, to be just kind of west or just kind of over the border or on the other side, Lans Lansdowne, you know, is is more of a working class community, but there are homes that are affordable there, where you have that yard and drive up, and it's it's easy access to the 69th Street Station, and it's a separate township. It's not Philadelphia, but it's on the border of Philadelphia and very commun 
Easy Still Pennsylvania, because New Jersey's real close by, right? Do oh, people yeah, this live in is New, all New Jersey and commute too? Yeah. Sure, there are people that live in Haddonfield, you know, and they're just over the river. As there's a lot of, you know, the- Is it just over the river? Is that the divider? It's over the river, yes. The Delaware River, yeah. So right there, you could stand on the bridge and be on both places, or are you in yeah. nowhere when you're on the water? You're not in both places. <laughs> you're in you're international water, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. So you can get into something, at least for a few hundred. It's not some insane, insane market like Toronto, like I'm here in, or New York City or something like that. So if you're, you could get in there as a first time buyer, I would think. And incomes are higher there than they are here mostly. Um, Last question about what you can get for the money. Can you still get for the investors out there that might maybe want to invest in like Kensington or something like that? Um, what can you get into some, you know, something in a neighborhood in a, I don't know how to refer okay. to a neighborhood like that. Something that's on the down. How much would it Can you get something for like 15, 30, 50,000 that cheap? Or are we talking like a dump that you're gonna is basically a boarded up almost you know, barely habitable kind of thing. Could you get into something real cheap still? Those I'm not. Those days, I think, are pretty much gone unless you're getting. What do you think the cheapest would be now. that you could get? Like a oh, a shell of a, I of a it, property. I sold a shell for a client. You know, um, we closed a year and a half ago, and um, what Parkside, which is West Philly, bordering um, for ninety eight thousand. It was a shell with the roof caving in and needed to be completely redone. Um, you know, so maybe you could get a shell for 75, you know, I have a short sale. We're trying to work through at that price point. Um, but those bargains are, there were you know, not that long ago, you know, maybe four or five years ago, you could get, you know, um, some great houses. I, I know I was trying to, you know, I saw Grace Ferry transitioning and I called that before the market saw it, you know, you used to be able to buy a home for 45,000 there. And those, those fixer uppers are at least 120. So, you know, for, for investors, it's a tough time to invest in Philadelphia right now because the value is being higher. Uh, there's always opportunity, <clears throat> you know, balanced with risk, but, you know, I think in some of the rooms that we discuss about, you know, like, buy, hold and rent or buy and flip. There are probably other areas that are have more prime opportunity, more like your area, like Harrisburg, Central PA. Um, not to say it can't happen or that there might not be opportunities, but it it's not the same level of opportunity as there was five years ago, for sure, in terms of how the numbers work. Even though the values, the outsale values are higher, the acquisition prices is, is and the cost to build has gone up so much that those numbers start the margins start getting pretty thin you know? yeah yeah and that's everywhere it's here too i mean our, our prices like you said are lower obviously but it's it's hard to find something that that I settle on one on Friday that is kind of all right, but I don't, it could be better, but I mean, you gotta invest in what you can get and you can't sit around and wait. So uh, you gotta get into something. Um, so let's end off with a question that has nothing to do with real estate or Philadelphia, but does have something to do with you. If you could do any other profession, what would you do? What would you be? Well, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a ballerina. You know, I have my, this is a, this is a sculpture I made in, college where is it my first sculpture um an artist i would be a full-time artist doing sculptures or painting or would you 
be diverse or what would you be your uh, medium of choice? Well, my medium of choice is sculpture. I love to work with my hands. I had a teacher that opened up drawing from a sculptural perspective, of laying charcoal on and lifting it off. But I do see things in form, sort of like I see more of a 3D. Um, so mixed media or, but from a sculptural mindset, even if it's 2D, I, I, I see it as a sculptor. So. I want a uh, tiny Rocky made by Susanna Coco. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, we need to do a Jerry. We need to make something. All right. A customized you know. Rocky for that person. Put their head on Rocky. Something specific for you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. That'd be awesome. What hanging do you What do you craft that out of? Is that some metal or is that clay? Somewhere, or you know, we have to do an action figure for sure. <laughs> there you go. Is it brass or metal or is it clay or something? Um. Or it could be anything, I guess. But what was that one? Um, yeah, this is bronze. And we that's have probably a, it's probably more expensive to be an artist of that type these days too. Well, that's kind of why it's like, hard to have, you know, when you're in college and you have the foundry and you have the welders and everything. So that's why charcoal is much more portable. You know, drawing <laughs> you, you can actually do that. So I, yeah, that's what I have now. Is I do drawing. Yeah, that makes sense. To do the other thing, you'd have to like join a club or like a adult learning thing at, at the at the learning annex who has all the equipment to do all this. I have stuff a big farm out in Amish country with my, my equipment in the barn or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Airbnb it out when you're not there. So uh, tell everybody how to find you uh, so they can find you if they need to move to Philadelphia. Read your stuff aloud so if somebody's listening, they can jot it down. Absolutely. Well, feel free to visit me online at SusannaKunkel.com, S-U-S-A-N-N-A-K-U-N-K-E-L. All my social media is at Susanna Kunkel, or you'll find me there. And um, I look forward to connecting with you and helping. Yeah, and we'll have all the links in the description, up or down or wherever you're listening or watching it. All her links for her socials and her phone number and website and email, all that stuff will be there waiting for you. Or if we're good realtors, it should be as simple as just Googling uh, Susanna Kunkel, Realtor Philadelphia, and hopefully her Google My Business, Google Business Profile, excuse me, uh, pops up as they're calling it now. Uh, so contact her if you need to move to Philly, in or out of Philly, or contact me if you need to buy or sell a home in central Pennsylvania or anywhere in the world. Uh, Susanna and I are part of a vast network of agents and lenders and all kinds of real estate professionals, whether it's residential or commercial or investment or whatever it is. We know people all over the place. So anything you need, reach out to either one of us. Uh, you can call me, text me, email me, throw a rock through a window, send a carrier pigeon, whatever you need to do. I want to hear from you. Thank you everybody for watching and listening. Thank you, Susanna, for being here uh, and say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us. It's See you, everybody. All right. Go get a cheesesteak in Philadelphia. Yeah. Tell us uh, what your favorite is. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>